Can do that. What are you drinking? I have a cocktail. I have an old fashioned. Old fashioned, eh? Mm-hmm. I've got a um, fucking Bernie's obsession with Negronis has rubbed off on me. Uh, I'm having an Americano, which is basically a Negroni without the gin. So I find that if you <laughs> you have one Negroni and then you don't do anything else the rest of the day, because it's basically just alcohol and more alcohol and more alcohol combined. Yeah. Americano is basically just the same. Just a it's Campari and vermouth with um, soda water. Though I think I'm going to experiment with. Uh, I usually do some kind of prosecco uh, beverage for Christmas morning. I've been doing a lot. I was doing a lot of mimosas in previous years, but I think this year I'm going to go for Aperol spritz. I've got some Aperol, got some okay. prosecco, and so should be alright. I made a. Cucumber, strawberry, and blueberry kombucha to drink with some sparkling. Why? Because it's fucking delicious, man. Really good. Quite refreshing. When you said that you'd lost the taste for beer, I didn't realize you'd lost the taste for taste. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like kombucha. Don't you like kombucha? Of course not. Okay. Kombucha's fucking horrific shit. (laughs) I like fermented things. I have that. Yeah, I do too. Beer. (laughs) <laughs> that's true Kombucha just tastes like the, the world's The worst fucking vinegary sour You can imagine Okay Well we drink it by the bucket loads here So Yeah you would Being hippies and all You gotta yes. live up to your reputation <laughs> uh, Alright Shall we talk some tunes Let's do that Final new music episode for 2022 We'll of course be back Sooner than New Year with our Album of the Year episode, as we, we run through our favourite albums of, of 22, because uh, we like to wait until the end of 2022 to do that. Well, it's Christmas Eve. There's still seven days for Run the Jewels to drop an album. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make it. <laughs> uh, where should we start? Alien Nose Job? We could start with the, with the Nose Job. So this is um, basically like a prolific side project of a... Uh, of uh, a fella called Jake Robinson, who's in a lot of various rat, rat-assed fucking Australian punk bands. Um, they're kind of like a kind of a, a bogan version of Ty Siegel, maybe, or or maybe or um, like a Darcy Clay or somebody like that. Or just a, just a, a R.I.P. Uh, just a, a a bit of a polymath who just did lots of stuff. You know, just turns out lots and lots of solo stuff. And this one, you know, if it sounds like ACDC 1975 Albert Productions, it's because it's meant to. It's very consciously an attempt to ape that sound and, and pay tribute to it. And I respect that because that was my first musical love, that, that you know, 1975 to 77 Albert Production, ACDC kind of rock boogie uh, sound. So It was funny, but before the first vocal kicked in, uh, I don't know why, but I, I had Who vibes. Like just the the musical sound, I guess. Um, you know, what, as soon as his vocal kicks in, it's it's, it's pretty different. But yeah. I guess that's the same error-ish. But yeah, ACDC is probably probably a better. A yeah, bit of it's a slightly different aesthetic. But I mean, it's it's not it's not what you'd call good, but <laughs> it's appealing and I, I and engaging and I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> But I'd never claim it was good. 
Yeah, maybe we should make that a new a new award. Uh, the enjoyable but not good. <laughs> well, we all have, you know. Everyone, everyone has their yeah. own fucking kinks. That's shit that they're into. In fact, yeah. Kinks was. <laughs> I love the fact that the Kinks was the answer to the. One of the songs was Beatles versus Stones. You know, like, who do you like more? And basically, the entire song was all about how fucking shit both of them were, and how massively overrated, and and, and how you know the, the answer to the question is the Kinks. Well, I, I, I like them more already because, yeah. like, that, that is just a. This is like the most eye-rolling, tedious boomer conversation. Yeah, eye-rolling conversation that anyone, you know, that—that's the musical equivalent of which Brisbane private school did you go to, mate? Yeah, it is a bit, yeah. isn't it? Or, or which Fuck Christchurch off. private school, or which Adelaide private school, or which Melbourne private school? Melbourne private school, or, yeah. which rented Sydney private school? Um, yeah, I, I, again, it's it's another one of those the the vocalists just drops at a notch for me but I was like oh the dog's yeah. going to love this 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 is right down here, yeah. <laughs> right down his alley uh, I, I still think they're pretty good musically like, I, I think the the musicality of it oh yeah he's nailed that he's, he's captured that yeah. fucking that shuffle um, the couple of tracks you know where he's really captured that fucking um, that kind of mid 70s shuffle effect that uh, that was the basis of so much of well you know everything from Chuck Berry to to the, the British Invasion bands to, to what ACDC did in the, the 70s which was to put a, ma- much, a much bigger guitar sound behind it make it more rat bag uh, it's a pretty straightforward album there's really not much more to say about it it is it is it it, it, it remind me of, of um, any current Suppression Ring's first album which had a similar kind of feel it wasn't quite as yeah. consciously um, output productions-y but it had that, had that same kind of Strip back, um, four on the floor kind of felt to it. So, well, yeah, I liked it. It's not a it's not a contender for album of the year, but it's certainly the sort of thing that if you like, uh, if this is a sound that you that you have a great affection for, which which I absolutely do, uh, it's definitely worth bending an ear to. Where did you fall on Vero? Is this good indie, you know, girl with three R's rock pop? I don't think it. I don't think it's girl with lots of R's. I don't. I don't think it kind of gets to that level. I think it tries to not, get not to that quite. level. There are bits it's of it that kind of. The bits of it that kind of feel a bit kind of American thighs for a assault. You know, a bit like that Mama album from the start of the year that we did earlier in the year. That kind of mimic the noise that they made without writing any of the songs. And I think that's yeah. kind of the problem with it is that it's. The songs aren't strong enough to. They, they've got the aesthetic fairly, fairly well nailed, but the, the songs themselves aren't. You know, there's only like four or five songs that are worth a second listen on this. Uh, and beyond that, it is kind of grim and drab and kind of jangly and fuzzy. And um, but yeah, it is. It doesn't. It doesn't stick. It does. It doesn't sort of catch. There aren't hooks. That it's just. It feels a bit like a Swedish winter, which is probably appropriate. Um, it did make me think I probably should have, you know, picked the safe options, you know, like the, the various blues or, um, you know, stoner rock albums or whatever else that were in my in my playlist that I, I could have got for the last album of the year. But never mind. You don't really want to find a great album for the of the year like this late in the year. It just complicates things. Okay then. Well, and you certainly <laughs> haven't. Oh, okay. Look. Oh, oh. There's unless, unless you particularly were looking for the soundtrack for the for whatever remake Robert Rodriguez makes of El Mariachi for the third time, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This has this should have uh, Antonio Banderas and Danny Trejo yeah. out fucking macheteing people. Th- th- this is definitely 
you know, you want to make a, a modern Western vibe, hire these guys to write your soundtrack. Not but a Western, that, no, no, no. Just definitely, they're definitely specifically El Mariachi. It has to have that yeah. kind of Mexican bandito effect. Yeah, that Mexican. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I love this. This this is fucking, this is my jam. This was, and, and the, just the guitar sound. It's so beautiful. Um, I listened to this on headphones last night. It's just, like, I know you don't like stuff without vocals, but... No, I don't have a problem with, is, with that. I just don't have any interest in, in Mexican and Spanish guitar music. It's just not something that, it's just something that doesn't talk to me. Yeah, well, this did. This did talk to me. I, I thought this was a beautiful album, and even the the more I listened to it, the little repetitive themes that they had through it, like I started picking up on the the variations that they were trying to do with it. I, I just thought it was really, really well made. And oh, I wouldn't dispute that. It's it's certainly well put together. Su- such a laid back. You know, I, I've got sort of a, a week a week and a half off over the next two weeks and I'm absolutely going to spend an afternoon being drunk in the pool, blasting this out of the speakers out of the kitchen just kicking back, you know just blissfully soaking into the water because Because oh, you need this, music this, to make yourself to? I mean it's <laughs> grim It's just, it's, it's not incredibly grim. it's grim, it's sad chill. twangly fucking it's sad. Yeah, yeah Dying on a fucking ditch somewhere out in in, in, a, in Mexico due to a dr- some drug deal gone wrong kind of music. It's as, as, the, as the fucking tumbleweeds go past your corpse being picked over by vultures. It's very filmic. It's not a film that you want to be in. I, I guess. I guess the melancholy. The good, the bad, and the jangly. <laughs> melancholy, sad stuff hits it. This this makes me. So you love you love melancholy. I can't see you know as the one here with actual mental illness issue. I'm not mm. looking for melancholy. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I love this. I, the, the problem I'm going to have with this album is I need to. You are not allowed listen to, to listen to it again after, unless you want to. Unless you want to put it in your. Uh, unless you want to grandfather it into your contenders for album of the year, you're not allowed to listen to it again until until after we do it. Do our album of the year episode. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I probably should listen to it on Boxing Day in the pool, enjoy that vibe, and then go back and listen to a whole heap of other shit that's completely different and then come back to it and see and see how I rate it because I rate this album really highly. Well, this is the challenge I have, I've had with similar kinds of really, really good genre pieces. Yeah. Like they're very good at – but they're in a specific genre where you have to kind of wonder how – how scalable is this? You know, and, and for me it was – it's like stoner rock albums and doom metal albums and, you know, even that um, Marcus King, that kind of countrified blues album – it was a really well done version of that, but how how narrow do you want your niche to be for your album of the year kind of thing? Well, and if it's your favourite album of the year, who cares? I mean, the Guardian picked Beyonce and Kendrick yeah, one just, and two in their album of the year, so like, clearly they don't haven't listened to fucking shit this year. Try fucking harder. So, F- Fantasy had a really interesting conversation this week about his top ten movie list. And Fantasy on this is one of the Ringer's culture podcasts, yeah. Yeah, this is the, the Ringer culture guy, and he's a really interesting guy about movies. Like he he watches a lot of movies. He really thinks real like really hard about them, and he's like, some people their movie list at the end of the year are, you know, I'm not going to put Top Gun Maverick, or I'm not going to put uh, Nope, or, you know, I'm not going to put the big movies on because everyone's seen them. I'm going to put like really obscure, uh, weird stuff that. Hardly anyone's ever seen because it's like this 
culturally important or whatever. Yeah. But it, but he's like, but it comes down to it. What did I actually like watching? What gave me a great feel? What, what did I come out of the movie theater uh, like excited or like in awe or like what what gave me a positive feeling? What did I like? And that's what I put on my top ten list. It's got fuck all to do with, you know, um, what's important and what with, I need to be seen to be yeah, promoting. It's like ironically, I think Top Gun Maverick was on one of those. It might have been the Guardians movie of the year kind of thing. It was. It was kind of like uh, someone's put it forward as that. Oh, it might have been the might have been you know, Defector. Oh, I don't know who I wouldn't have expected. I don't know whether you are like I, I know you're sort of you struggle with movies because you can sort of see the plot holes and see you know where the story. I, I also have. Um, no interest in sitting still watching somebody else's story. It's not about me. Yeah. I'm like, El McPherson, I don't want to read any book that I haven't written. But, but Maverick is one of those ones where it's I'm like- also like El McPherson in that I'm incredibly hot. And, I'm- <laughs> and that I, I-, I was about to say, and I'm banging an anti-vaxxer, but <laughs> I, was gonna- I don't think- I, I thought you were going to say, yeah, you have- this sentence. You've got a you've got a brother that dropped off the map that it, you know likes to to talk to tabloid journalists. But anyway, um, no, no, Maverick's one a, a weird movie. Was that L? I thought L had a sister who. Yeah, M- Mimi McPherson had this big piece uh, sometime this year about why she dropped off the radar. It's like, okay, you're, you're a celebrity. It's pretty easy to drop off the radar. You just stop fucking giving interviews to Women's Day. But anyway. Yeah, although she had a nasty thing like where I think, you know, a sex tape of hers got put online or something. Yeah. It was kind of revenge, revenge porny. Oh, it was, wasn't nice at but, all. But Maverick is one of those interesting sort of weird things where it's like there's a million ways you could fuck this up and sort of make this too much – and they actually nailed it. Like, I, yeah. I watched it. But Maverick is a genre piece as well. It's yeah. a genre that doesn't get adve- it, uh, it doesn't get investigated much these days. No, the kind it's, of the it's, genuine, it's a dying genre, 80s style action yeah. movie. And the funny thing is, it's a very LeBron type performance. It's a, it's a like, oh, well, no, I actually don't have to. I don't have to give the younger guys a go. I'm still good enough to just fucking carry this shit by myself. Um, I it, see it, the trailer for Mission Impossible 27 uh, just dropped. Well, uh, like, the the trailer is interesting, but if you go and watch that six- Not enough to watch. Not to tell you that much. If if you go and watch the six-minute clip of them putting together a stunt, which uh, is sort of interesting in that you could probably get 80% of the effect of the stunt just doing di- doing it digitally, right? Which is the sort but of- We built mo- the city on CGI. Yeah, like you could just CGI it Marvel style and it would look pretty cool. But the fact that those- But what's the biggest movie in cinemas right now? A, a movie- I don't think they did Avatar for real. I'm pretty sure a lot of that was done on a computer. Yeah, and- and his- man- pretty, A lot of it was done in fucking Miramar up he- in uh, <laughs> Wellington. <laughs> his maniacal uh, love for practical effects and, you know, doing things the old school way mm. is look, admirable. Like, yeah, you know- Pointless. Pointless. I mean, but he's- If he had a family, but- you'd think, uh, do, you, do you just hate your family that much? You need to be out here doing this. Well, sure, but I, I was actually thinking, you're keeping a lot of people employed, right? Because- this is probably like- five. Oh, you think it's more like the ACDC model? They yeah, have to keep putting out albums because there's a huge oh, huge oh. fucking industry built up around it. They like, <laughs> need they're, to keep they're, people fed. They're helicoptering in this fucking uh, platform that he's going to- He rides this motorbike off for this practical stunt. And there's there's 120 people involved, at least. 
like it, it is literally like the ACDC thing. It's like you're hiring all these technicians. You you are yeah. literally keeping, and you know you're going to make the money back because yeah. it's this is the sort of thing that is is a surefire winner. Well, like I, I very rarely go to a movie to, to a cinema to watch a movie. You know, a lot of oh no, just, I I wasn't doing that even before COVID. Uh, but just that that you know, family and life. But this stunt was like, man. I'm going to go and watch this in a cinema just to support all those dudes that are and, and like guys and women that are sitting there working their asses off to try and get this dying art still up there. Like it, it's actually an admirable thing. I like. I know it's a popcorn movie. I know it's not going to be the greatest art that I ever see, but I I admire the fucking the chops for trying to still pull it off. Like it's it's nuts. I'd just make the point that, you know, if there's been seven of them, the mission's kind of been that impossible. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyway, uh, the Gutierrez brothers. Um, yeah, if you're looking for a soundtrack to a remake of, of El Mariachi, uh, there, there's your album. Um, yeah. The funny thing is that, that even listening to it, I wasn't, I wasn't following along and following the track notes, but I just heard that different guitar tone and went, oh, this must be the, the Dan Auerbach guest yeah. spot and went and checked the lot of notes and it absolutely was. He just – he turned up with his with his fucking, you know, his, his old school blues guitar guitar tone. It was very, very, very obvious that uh, that it's, someone else had logged on and was, it, was having input. It's the best or second best song on the album, for sure. Um, I couldn't I, tell the rest of them apart. Um, yeah, it's, it, it does have a little bit of that vibe. Uh I'm glad this exists. I, I really like this album. So that's it. That's that's the year. That's the year. That's all you get. Well, it's not all you get, but that, that's that's all we've done. Um, if we done. If I'd been prepared, I could have counted up the number of albums we've actually recorded this year. Well, we've been doing this for a long it time. Seems, seems like I, a lot of hard work. You never know until you go back and look, but I still have the overall vibe that this is one of the deepest years that we've been. I, I definitely have a... Uh, a solid presumptive top five and then sort of, you know, uh, a six to ten that I'm not sure where I would rank them and any of those could possibly bump their way into the top five. I, I You know, I've got a lot of re-listening to do. Um, well, I did a thing where I tried to work out a presumptive tiering thing where I went, okay, what albums do I think are on the top three? What albums do I think are contenders for the top five? What albums do I think are contenders for the top ten? So there's enough albums in the in the, the top five to make a top ten, and there's enough albums in the top ten to make a top twenty. So you see, my, it's going to be a process that needs to, that needs to happen. It looks every- like we finished the year on ninety nine new albums. Which is not bad. There was a couple. Of, I was looking back at some. You know, there was yeah. some. Um, you know, Facebook memory posts recently, and there was years we did. 72, 76, I guess because we're doing classics. Yeah, that was before before we brought the Joker process yeah. in. So, so even though this has been a, a, a less, you know, we've missed a lot of episodes and had a lot of weeks off, we've actually listened to probably more new music this year than we did back in the day when we were doing, you know, 48 classic albums. For sure. Yeah. I think last year was the high point, was, was the, yeah. the most, most number of new albums. And I think just kicking over more rocks means you find more good stuff. I think there's certainly an element of that. Mm. Yep. Less less legacy albums this year, perhaps, do you feel? I think we kind of shortcut the process and where well, we go, okay, I know this is going to suck because it's a legacy yeah. album. <laughs> Though we did do a Cypress Hill album this year. It wasn't bad. Look, we're not going to relitigate the whole thing. We did exactly 100 new albums last year. Yeah, okay. Which is interesting. We might have done more 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 Joker Jokers. 
The thing is, as time goes along, you do less Jokers because you, you know, you've you've covered all the classic albums or a lot of the classic albums. It tends to just be curiosities and other bits and pieces. I although in in January we'll probably do a few more Jokers, including looking at some of the albums that have turned up in the at the pointy end of other album of the year lists. Yeah, I've sort I've sort of um, not had a good look at that. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to. I've only had a flick, um, but I'll, I'll, we'll have a look at it in um, any list that in goes January. that goes. Fucking Beyonce, bloody number one, Kendrick, Kendrick number two. That was that was the Guardian one. That one just dropped just dropped this week, and I was like, oh Jesus, come on, come on. Could you be any more Guardian, any more performatively white ally? And also at the same time, being several albums behind the Zeitgeist, it's just just ridiculous. I didn't actually check to see whether they had Sims in there or whether Sims dropped too late for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I hope I hope she gets it out of the system. That's all. <laughs> no, I think I think it's going to go further on down this spiral. Anyway, folks, we're going to be back uh, on the other side of, of New Year's with our album of the year special, where Bezo and I will, will, will count down our, our top five albums of the year, our uh, favourite albums of each that each other picked, and and favourite jokers and all that kind of stuff, as we always do. Uh, it's always a highlight, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, and between then and now, through the perineum of the year. Is uh is quite a lot of uh, sitting in hammocks or sitting in pools, drinking cocktails and doing serious high level research. Yep. Uh, the, the the cocktails will flow and the the headphones and the Sonos speakers will get a, a good workout. Um, I am looking forward to the first day that no one's home that I can um really crank the speakers up loud and listen to a couple albums. There's a couple albums I think that yeah. with that big subwoofer booming will be uh. Will be worth listening to, so that that'll yeah, be a good. I'm not, I'm not sure. See how see how much the the the, uh, the, the neighbours like Bob Villain. We're we'll, gonna we'll find that out once and for all. Yeah, it's it's not one I can really crank while the kids are around. So no, uh, although we're, it's good. Um, it's, it's good political uh, studies homework for the for the eldest. I would have thought. Well, so let's just finish on a completely after dark sort of topic. So I, I don't know if you've watched the like the my boys just love Star Wars. N- never really did. Suddenly, all of us just decided Star Wars everything. Yeah, and- I mean it, it is Star Wars is meant for I've said eight to twelve year old boys. That's that's what it's for. Mm. It's a bit like one of those things. I got into an argument with my old man because he was because he was complaining about Doctor Who. You know the the latest showrunner or the plots were terrible or something. And I said, but this is a show that's made for 10-year-old boys. You can't yeah. get upset about this. It's just, it is, and he, he took defense of that because he's always had a real big interest in in science fiction. And I'm like, but y- you can you can be upset that it's not very well made, but you're not the primary audience for it. It no. wasn't made g- for g- you. So you, g- it's a bit like our generation complaining about Triple J's Hottest 100 being shit. It's like it's not made for you. Yeah, so, g- you know, oh, the I, fact I, that you're into it is lovely, but that's not the fucking point. I, I don't know if he's watched The Expanse, but The Expanse is absolutely science fiction made for people like your dad. Like, it, it is – It's there's no Doctor Who-ish, Star Wars-ish elements to it. It's like – I don't know. It's very adult. Not not in terms of there's shit. It's more like um, shitloads of. It's more like um, he wrote the waste of time. Oh, it was on made who wrote the wheel of time. Oh, Robert Jordan. Yeah, yeah. It was more like the way his approach to fantasy was compared to, say, Tolkien or mm. or someone like that's approach, where it was this is not for kids. This is adult themes. This is yeah. You know, and, there is and not not so much like lots of sex and violence, but just like. Hard decisions and and shit like yeah like it captured that vibe of 
when you and your wife are sitting there having to talk about hard decisions and make hard choices, that that was the vibe this year. Can't relate. Haven't had to do any of that this year. <laughs> yeah, but it had that sort of vibe. But it had that vibe, but it was also- So, so what you're saying is it captures all the shittiest parts of existence that we really want to spend time dwelling upon. I think, I think I'd, I'd rather watch Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the, but that's, that's the point, right? That, <laughs> Just look, you- I'd rather watch Red Dwarf. That's my kind of fucking yeah. sci-fi. Like, are you after escapism or- absurdism or are you after like this grim reality grim lived in reality humans are cunts no matter where in the universe they are pretty much pretty much um so anyway where where was i going with this i have Uh, you were going the expanse which is which sums up what happened to people after 40 no no of course they performatively post on instagram about all the weights they lift yeah i do i do like lifting weights that's true um not something I thought that would happen to me, but anyway, you, you sort of roll with where where you go in life. Um, look, I've got no. This cocktail's almost finished. I've got no idea where that point was going. Something about Star Wars and my kids. Yeah, your kids like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That, that's about where we got to. Shall we leave it there before I become any more in- incoherent? My kids don't like Star Wars, which is a great offence to my wife, who very much, very much likes Star Wars and Doctor Who. And all that kind of stuff. She was watching the fucking. There was like a, some kind of on the Doctor Who YouTube channel. They were doing like a, like a stream of all the, the highlights of Christmas episodes. She had that on when she didn't have the Christmas music on. It, it's like one person is trying to keep alive the spirit of Christmas in this house. I, I did at least um, listen to Christmas in Hollis, which is my one effort uh, in terms of trying to <laughs> trying to keep the Christmas spirit up. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, the wraps are yeah, you know the wraps are good. That we I do have a Chris. I have the the old Christmas playlist, which is like you know the anti Mariah Carey, uh, Celine Dion. Um, yeah, cr- people Chris- playing on about Wham again. Um, you know they. The, the, I think I think Wham again is too easy because they don't play Last Christmas anymore. The same kind of way they used to. I reckon if they really you really wanted to play Wham again on on maximum difficulty level. Make it Mariah. Make it all I want at Christmas is you. And then we'll kind of see who's going to get Whamageddoned or not. It'll, it'll be more like, you know, Fear the Walking Dead in terms of the number of casualties. I have post-traumatic stress from... from like, All the Christmassy shit. Yeah. Well, no, no we, we had... You know, I told, I told you the story before. The Franklins. The, the, yeah. the Franklins back-to-back Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. Uh, Jesus. See, that stuff makes my skin crawl, and I never really had the exposure. I don't have much of an excuse. It just makes my skin crawl. And I keep, in the back of my head, I keep making up macabre fucking lyrics to it, singing along to them, stuff that I absolutely can't say on a podcast. There was one I was sort of, sort of, let's go kill baby Hitler on behalf of all the Jews or something. It was, it was, it was not good. It was but, not good. In fact, I think that was, it was a Mariah Carey one. Let's kill baby Hitler for the Jews. And it's, you know, this is what bad music does to me. I don't know if this is going to make the podcast. Probably isn't. There's a really good song, or good, about two people getting divorced over Christmas and, you know, having to to split up Christmas called It's Christmas, brackets, and I hate you. Uh, And it, I don't know why, but it keeps disappearing and reappearing on Spotify. This is the... <laughs> this, they don't have the rights. They keep losing him in the divorce zone. Yeah, it's, it's like the second Christmas in a row I've gone to... St- like, because it's the first track on my old Christmas playlist. And... Who's it, it by? Uh, the album? Uh, it's by Josh Weller, Paloma Faith, and the Arctic Circle Ensemble. I guess it's probably on YouTube. 
The album's called that the fuzzy feeling, and it's it's got that real um, that vibe of it's a it's a fairly cheerful Christmas song, but the, if you listen to the mix, it's not that cheerful, uh, which is a genre that I enjoy. Um, you know, a la fiddler. It's got that real fiddler sort of. I still think that that's one of my favourite songs we've ever, we've ever heard on the podcast. Which you know this this upbeat, cheerful pub rock sing along. You know, almost like a a song that you would sing in in colleges at UQ. <laughs> yeah. You know, all together. But if, but if you stop for three seconds and listen to the lyrics, it's actually not that cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> About being an absolute inventor and alcoholic and not yeah, that's right. But shit. but you could absolutely see fucking bogan college boys singing yeah. along to it, thinking, "Oh, this is well, a that's great song." It's absolutely yeah, pop, yeah. Uh, pop punk. Yeah. Anyway, see if it's on New Zealand Spotify. It's Christmas and I hate you. Well, thanks listen. for that. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you drop that one. It's New Year's. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, Doc. I will talk to you with some um, sporting takes soon, but until then... We will talk again and, and we will we will tell people what the, the album that they should have been listening to last year was, because yeah. it'll be last year by the time they hear it. Until then, folks, thanks for listening this year. We've, we've fucking enjoyed the podcast, because we this is we do the, we would do this anyway. And we will talk to you again in 2023. That we will. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> See you, Doc. Cheers. Jesus, that was shambolic. I should not have had that cocktail. No, you were okay.